Welcome back to another special episode of the Epic Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce, and I'm joined on the line once again by my co-host, Sneaky Pete. How are you tonight, Pete? I mean, it is a special episode indeed. We are recording during lunch hours today, so make sure, don't don't listen and drive. You know, be safe on the road there. Uh, 150, man. We made it to 150. Woo! I can't believe that. Uh, we were talking last night about what we wanted to talk about for this special momentous occasion. So this will be a fun episode. It's be reflective. We might uh, we might cry a little. We might laugh. We'll see what happens. The full <laughs> gambit. The full yeah. gambit. <laughs> yeah, there, there we go. Indeed. Um, yeah. All right, Pete. Yeah. Where can where can the audience find this show and and other episodes from the show? So we uh, we've made 150. I can't believe it. Again, like I said, um, when I found this out, I was like. Wow, this is a crazy thing. Uh, we're trying to get to now another 150. We're trying to hit that magical 300 mark. So if you want to find us, you can find us on lotuscouncil.com. Um, we also try to put our content out on Discord when we can. We both uh, work a lot, so it's nice to have this respite between our stressful jobs and our personal life, um, talking about something we love. So if you like what we have to hear, I'm going to shout out to my buddy Fabro. He, uh, he just watched episode 147. He loved the salt discussion that we had, um, and he is one of my favorite people to play with, as well as I'm glad that he's listening to our podcast. So shout out to him. Um, shout out to everybody that's brought us here this far. We really appreciate the Lotus Council for letting us be on there, too. So thank you so much. Appreciate all of you, all of our listeners. I Humbly. echo that wholeheartedly. Um, I've, I, I cannot believe we reached 150 episodes. I've been on every one of them, which is like kind of bananas, yes. um, which is kind of crazy. But to think that I did 150 of anything um, <laughs> uh, that's now circulating out there on the internet for everyone to find is kind of cool. Um, if you want to get a hold of me or Pete or, or check stuff out, all that stuff, all that content information is going to be in the show notes. Please check it out. Uh, we'd love to have some audience participation. Uh, oh, yeah. Feel Makes us feel better about ourselves, or that someone might be listening and talking to us. Hey, how are you doing? Um, but yeah, so that's uh, that's the story there. Um, on with the show. You remember real quick the first episode you did? I mean, because it has to be. We we've covered a lot. Even when I started getting on here, I was recruited by you to to help you, uh, you know, co-manage this stuff. Do you remember what you talked about? The first no, ever I episode. It. I have, I so have it's like, no idea. It's like it's like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I just I remember I remember when we started recording, uh, like what we started talking about because I remember it being like New Year's Day, middle of oh. the pandemic, and uh, I was on the the I was on Discord with um, with Lux actually, yeah. and we were just sort of piling some ideas around. And someone suggested we should make a podcast. And Lux like, yeah, that's a great idea. Blah, blah, blah. I, I, I DM Lux right away. I'm like, yeah, no, seriously, we should do that. Like, I'm in. Awesome. <laughs> and so that was, <laughs> that was the genesis of it. Um, nice. It took a couple of weeks to sort of hash out how to do this. Um, yeah. Because it's, uh, it took, it was, it's a little outside my usual wheelhouse. And uh, Lux was like, yeah, I can do that. I, I didn't know Lux at all. I right. never talked to the guy. And then we uh, we got on and we did a, we did a couple of test episodes and I was like all right like let's go 
Um, and that and that first while we were, it was like middle of pandemic time. Like we were locked down hard. Nobody was doing anything fun. It, everything sucked. Yeah. And it was kind of like <laughs> it was kind of like my parasocial relationship that I look forward to every week to have yeah, somebody definitely. to talk to. And um, now, like, like shout out to Lux. Like Lux, I couldn't be here without Lux. Now, um, Lux helped uh, get a lot of the way there. And you know what? If the day comes where Lux tells me, "Hey, Bruce, I want to record," I'm like, "In you can. Yeah, he's sure. on. Welcome anytime. Uh, we, we will record special episodes with Lux. Not an issue whatsoever." Um, but yeah, no. So Lux and I did. I don't know how many episodes, like a hundred plus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, and then Lux is, I started finding Lux got really busy. And I mean, right. understandably, like he's managing a store in down in Dallas, the Dallas area. Um, he's got, you know, everyone's got a life to lead and it's hard to find time to record um, and to think about this every week. So, you know, so, like I found Lux being a little bit harder to get a hold of. And then, Lux, like we recorded sporadically, and then so that's where I brought Pete on, and Pete could be on more reliably, and uh, so that sort of got us to where we are today, which is pretty awesome. How many episodes have we done? About thirty-five or forty? Yeah, I think we're close to the fifty mark, which is exciting. Yeah, um, which is pretty cool. So you know, yeah, like so we've we've come a long way. It's a show. I mean, our audience isn't big, but that's okay. Those of you who are stick with us each and every week, we appreciate you. Uh, hopefully well, you like listening to us. Um, but yeah, no, that's been. Um, but it's been a, it's been quite quite an experience. I I have to say I really have enjoyed doing this. It's I think it's I think it's helped me as a magic player. Um, sure. Because it's, it's good to talk helped. about these concepts. You know what I mean? And and yeah. kind of debunk things in your brain. Because like I found like even taking a break from for a good period and then going back into the game after like a few weeks, even a month or two, helped me reestablish like oh like. Oh, I didn't realize this synergy, or oh, I didn't realize like this deck works this way it does. I've been looking at randomly on YouTube like Manalist Dredge uh, modern decks that are interesting. So very interesting. Ooh. I'll send you the link at the end of the show. Um, Manalist. So I heard from once upon a time from somebody who's talking about Manalist Dredge. He's like, there's two type of Magic players out there. There's people who play Magic, and then yep. there's Manalist Dredge people. <laughs> They're a different breed. So it's like it's like. <laughs> It's such a dumb idea, but it but it works, and that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Like a spoiler alert, the things that we really enjoy in the game, these unique interactions. So first, we enjoy garbage are great because we get to see these really cool cards that are either new that just came out that we're excited to play that are budget friendly, or old head cards that you know when Bruce was a young lad playing the game, um, where he was like, "Why is this card even a card?" And now it's actually being shown up in in, in EDH. So. Let's get to it, right? <laughs> Without sure. further ado. All right. <laughs> Up first, we have a little garbage great. Uh, first card today is Thunderous Debut, which is a new card from Wilds of Eldraine. So six green green for a sorcery. Oof, eight mana. This better be good. It's got Bargain. And then look at the top 20 cards of your library. You may reveal up to two creature cards from among them. If this spell was bargained, put the revealed cards onto the battlefield. Otherwise, put the revealed cards into your hand and shuffle. Pete, is this garbage or is it great? This this sort of is comparative to me for like Genesis Wave sort of effects where you put X into an effect, look at that many, and then put them on into your hand or into play. Um, for eight mana, if you're able to hit like two five mana cards, I think that's fantastic. And 20 cards is a, already a fifth of your library without drawing. So 
I again, if you if you whiff though, it feels horrible to put that much effort into this. Uh, and if you don't bargain it, you're just basically paying eight to get two cards into your hand. Where there are better effects for that in green now, um, that we've seen like draw effects, draw cards equal to the greatest power among creatures you control, or even just a tutor that's five mana, like shared summons, is more efficient in that sense of of the of like what you're trying to do. Um, but I think if you're looking for a budget version um, in green where you want to be able to find two cards that can finish the game for you, this isn't a terrible selection. Um, but the utility is very fragile, so that's just how I look at it. But I wouldn't spend eight mana on a card like this. That's just me. So I don't think you're wrong. I mean, this, this, is, <laughs> this, is, like a, this is like a tooth and nail variant. Um, and tooth and nail has been one of those things that's been... Like a, a commander staple for ages. Yep. Um, it's recently gotten cheap because it got reprinted in Commander Masters, but it's like goes and finds you the, the the win condition, and you just but it but to get the both effects, the search and the dump it on the battlefield, you end up having to spend nine mana because they have an entwine cost. Um, much better so this though, is right? Eight, this is eight, and you could go find the, the scary thing in the top twenty cards, but like you say, the very real risk that you're going to whiff. Um, so two mana dorks, and you're just like, why am I doing this for eight when I could have just played Tooth and Nail for two bucks? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think you're <laughs> right. Like, so Thunderous Debut is about forty cents for the regular version of this. Uh, Tooth and Nail is a dollar seventy-five, two bucks. So I think like if they're still both very budget friendly at this point. If you were somebody who were honestly in the market to go and get um, a Tooth and Nail or that sort of effect for your deck, I would say spend the two bucks. Get the full effect, ramp out hard like you're supposed to, and then go and get, find your finishers. Don't try and hope to goodness they're in the top 20 cards and that you were able to bargain them. And then, no, like there's a lot of conditions to make this work. Right. Meaning, like, part of me is excited for this effect. Like, I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I want to do this. Give it to me. Give it to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then yeah. you're like, I don't know, this is. This is not good. This is no bueno. Uh, you don't want this card. Um, I'm going to be honest, folks. Go tooth and nail. Don't play this. This is like this is like a limited or a standard card that if you're like playing the big green ramp deck in standard and you've got right. 30 cards left your deck and the finishers in there, like your Moonshaker Cavalry or whatever, like, okay, do that. Right. But right. In, in, in Commander, like, we have better options. We have better tools. And they're now quite reasonably priced. Uh, so don't waste your time. So I'd have to conclude, this is not a good card. You don't want to play this one. Um, that being said, like if it's just a mono green deck and you want like a redundant effect, then it's okay to play this card because it's redundancy for whatever you're trying to do in green. But but that's very very like a very like uh, class full sort of perspective um, when it comes. Yeah, it's like, a, it's, like a, it's like a win more card. If you're if mm-hmm. you're playing mono green and you like. You want this redundant effect because you like you really want to hit that like okay I guess um, I mean like I can see this in like a mono green Nykthos like go you're going ham sure. and like but if you got get to eight mana with Nykthos like aren't you winning anyway like really right right what, what's know. what's really the point like you could pay seven mana and play that enchantment that doubles your mana and allows you to draw cards when you cast creature spells anyway like you could just do that exactly. so like so, there's yeah yeah. Out. I'm out. I'm out on this one. I mean, usually I'm the guy who's like trying to sell you on like bad cards. <laughs> and, the, and I'm like, I'm not having this one today. 
All right, this other one I wanted to play is a sort of like a cheaper pick um, or a smaller pick that people might not. Um, it's The Princess Takes Flight, which I think is actually surprisingly good. Um, so it's a saga for two and a white. And then chapter one, exile up to one target creature. Chapter two, target creature you control gets plus two, plus two, and gains flying until end of turn. And then chapter three, when you, when you sacrifice this, return the exile card to the battlefield under its owner's control. And what I was liking about this card was the ability to, you exile a thing, exile your opponent's thing, you let to get to chapter two, make something fly, punch him in the face, whatever, and then you find a way to either pick this up or sacrifice it or get rid of it, and then the creature that was exiled just vanishes. And it's yep, like, a, and I, I feel like there's room for a budget, like when this is three cents, and you can, and it, there's lots of sort of interesting effects that would allow you to get rid of this. Like they gave you a bargain effect uh, right in the set, right in the set of Wild of Eldraine, where this is is used to great effect. Um, there's lots of ways to to make things to sacrifice permanence on your battlefield. This to me feels like a if you're looking to be very budget conscious and you need right. an exile effect, then this could be an interesting way to do it. Um, I also think the interaction uh, with some of the guys to pick it up and reuse it could be fun. Um, so you could potentially exile two or three targets uh, over the course of a couple of turns, which I think is very strong. Three mana is 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 not an insignificant amount of mana, and you're doing it at sorcery speed, which kind of hurts compared to you know your path to exiles and your uh, your sorts of plowshares. But I think it's got some applicability if you're playing budget conscious. Because anytime you can stick removal to stuff, it's like it's at the very least is worth using. The other potential is to use it as like a blink effect. Now right. I know you're setting yourself say. up. Yeah, you're setting <laughs> yourself to be blown out pretty hard with this if somebody else blows this up. Um, but you could blink something um, and get some pretty good value off it too. Particularly if you can manipulate the chapter, the chapter verses with um, power conduit or something like that that moves count moves them around. Setsuki's another one. Like anyway, so, yeah. there's things to be done with this that I think is actually pretty decent. Yeah, we've seen this both, Bruce. Uh, I've I've seen people do it against me, and I think I did it like once in uh, in drafting, where you know you bargain it away before, so you just creature bye bye. It's like it's like Fiend Hunter as well. Uh, I used to play that in a deck where I would cast Fiend Hunter, sack it, the creature's gone forever. Um, there's a few other effects like that in white. Does, yeah. Does does Fiend Hunter get rid of it when you sacrifice it? I don't so think what it does. No, you no, no, blink what it, you get the blink it. So there's a weird interaction where you, you cast the creature, it exiles it, but because of the wording of the creature, when you sacrifice oh. it, the second clause doesn't like oh. kick in. Similar okay. to the Princess Takes Flight with this the third saga. Right. Um but anyway, not in, not important. What's important is like the utility of this card. It it grants evasion, like even if you're playing a deck that has a big fat creature and you're just trying to push damage. Um, or, you could, or, or, or like a lifelinker, like to like mm-hmm. pop a lifelinker up in yep. the air and yep. get somebody and like pad your life total a little bit. Like right. that's not, that's not horrific either. You could, you could protect a creature, like a key creature, play a board wipe and then your creature comes back as well, um, which is yeah, nice. Yeah. So like this card is very flexible for three mana and it does a lot of things. I always like cards that give me options. Um, Bruce is, always sees me play a lot of cards that give me a lot of options. I love confluences. I love a lot of the weird effects where it's like choose two or, or choose three or whatever. 
um, or make people choose. <laughs> I usually just make other people choose bad decisions. Uh, make pe- people make bad decisions. But this card is 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 a subtle like budget friendly card. We're, we're all for it here on the channel. I think so. Yeah, and I, like I said, a three cents. Like, I don't think you go wrong. So, all right, what did you find? Okay, so the the first one is a it's a thirty cent instant. It was printed in Torment, ninth edition and tenth edition, and it was a rare back in the day. It's called Plagiarize. It's three colorless and a blue instant. Until end of turn, if target player would draw a card, instead that player skips that draw and you draw a card. Um, so I like this because of the fact that you can really mess with a few people who are greedy. I've never seen this card. This card is like so. This is like Notion Thief on a spell. Yes. Um. And the fact that you can like get people like say you played um some of those effects, like people play win cons where they make everybody draw a ton of cards. It'd be interesting to like hijack them. <laughs> and hijack is a card that you should look up. It's a funny one. But um, you know, you're basically hijacking somebody's draw for a turn. Um, which could actually benefit you. And, and push you into that upper echelon of trying to win a game. Um, or you could just punish somebody for being greedy. And, and like, say they're sacking a lot of permanents to draw cards, like sacking food tokens to draw cards or something. Um, you could cast it in response to all of the triggers. But you'd have to make sure your playgroup understands, like, the stack and how the stack interacts for this card to sort of stick. Which could be tricky in certain situations, you know? <laughs> like, Okay, so I'm going to be very honest with your audience. Like, these sorts of effects are so punishing in, uh, in, in games. Uh, if you have a, can resolve a Notion Thief, oh, thank goodness Hull Breacher isn't here anymore. Um, opposition Agent, like, when they like, stifle your, your, uh, your triggers for tutoring, like, these are all super punishing effects. And, like, even for a turn, if somebody goes and, like, is going to go off with a big draw spell and you can stifle it like or and do this to it you're like oh no you just watch their face the color drain out of their face and like it's it it feels so good to you but to them it feels so bad because it's like they're trying to refill their grip and you're not like no 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 not today so i mean for 27 cents for something that is like just backbreaking um i'm pretty i'm pretty on board um it's not it's not a nice card you're not making friends with this not really um so we spent the last two weeks talking about how to be a decent human being playing magic (laughs) this ain't it folks this is not it i mean but this it's funny too because it's like it's in blue so it's like blue doesn't need the help but like you're kind of just putting kerosene on your like fire pit you know what i mean Toast me in the diesel, buddy. Let's <laughs> fuck a match. Because it's going to all go on. And again, it's it's not a card that you're going to play in every blue deck. Again, it's one of those cards that's it's four mana, so maybe your curve is going to be a little bit in the in the mid mid game, sort of mid range, uh, mathematically speaking here. But it's nicer than Notion Thief because Notion Thief sticks around. <laughs> Where this is just a hopefully this is just a one time effect. I'm sure you're going to find ways to flash it back or. You know, copy it or whatever, but um, that's, I'm not gonna. That's, that's expensive to snap, snappy it back, but yeah, this could be this could be very effective at making very a lot of people very very grumpy with you. So, um, yeah. So to balance this out, I have another card that is more friendly and I think is more fun. Personally, 
Um, this is from Mirage. It's a $0.74 cents card from Mirage, but it also was printed in 6th edition, so it's $0.50 cents now. And it's like the OG cat producer. So it's called Waiting in the Weeds. It's a colorless and two green. It's a sorcery. Each player creates a 1-1 green cat creature token for each untapped forest they control. So Bruce, I know when I showed you this card before we started, you were super excited to hear about it and talk about it. So I want you to go first Look, <laughs> with your I evaluation. Just, all, all I thought of this is like, this is going to get silly with Cathar's Crusade. Now, lots of things get silly with Cathar's Crusade, but this could legitimately dump a lot of, a, like, a ton of power on the board for you very, very quickly. Um, and we'll, and like, like, think of an average game. In most games, somewhere between at least two, two to three players are probably, are probably playing green. You know, whether it's a splash or it's a, or they're playing a three color deck or you know, something like lots of, Lots of really good commander cards have been printed in green the last three or four years, meaning there's lots of people who are out there running around playing decks, whether it's a Traxa to, like, you know, the if you're into, I don't know, like, there's just lots of green commanders out there. I could go pull up EDH Rec and look for you if, you if we really cared. But the truth of the matter is, you're going to have people at your table that have tokens, uh, or sorry, forests, that you can then turn into tokens for everybody admittedly um but if you're the one planning on this because of the symmetrical effect you need to find a way to break the symmetry things like parallel eyes break the symmetry things like doubling season break the symmetry anointed procession um Catherine's crusade the divine visitation all these things that would bust the trans the all of it right in half if you're playing gd fey you're making cats and dogs and craziness if peregrine tooks on the battlefield you're making food with it like right. you're going to do make lots of things that you can then utilize and one of the shows we had earlier early on in like the, the history of the show was with a friend of mine nick uh people actually played with nick, nick and is nick awesome. said, yeah. yeah nick's <laughs> awesome nick the way nick looks at magic he's like look what i want to do is i want to find a way to make lots of something and then leverage it to ma to maximum effect so this is going to this is exactly what you want to do with this sort of card. You want to make lots of something, kind of like rectangle theory. If you're familiar with like guys who are playing uh, uh, limited right now, there's like a lot of talk around cards that make lots of tokens and foods and treasure and stuff. Well, this right. is like the, like an OG form of this. You're going to make lots of stuff, and you just have to find a way to to maximize the stuff, and it doesn't take a lot of payoffs. Like Ginny Fay would make this turn into a joke. Um, you're like just lots and lots of ways to do this, and you're going to be laughing all the way to the bank. So I think this is a fantastic card, super fun little card. Fifty cents. You're gonna put it in a token deck, and you are going to go ham, baby. Oh, yep. baby. <laughs> I call it like residual value, right? So I always, I always talk to my buddy when we're doing limited, and I'm like, listen, Terry. The way I evaluate cards is if it allows me to do something when it resolves, but then additionally after it resolves something else can happen the card is a good card it doesn't matter if it's 20 cents or 20 dollars um and we've seen that with a lot of the growth and power creep with commanders in general more texts on the card more impact happens when the, the card resolves when it sticks around for a turn or two even if you played this and everybody wasn't playing forests um but but you were the only one that had untapped mana at the time and you played this for three and you got maybe three cats out of it 
that's still pretty good value for the amount that you spent. Um, so again, it's not like a card that's going to break anything in EDH. I mean, there's so many token producers out there. But even if you played this with uh, Divine Visitation and ha- only made two, you make two 4-4 four, four angels for three mana, that's like two Sarah's angels for half the cost. So, I don't know. Just the way I'm looking at it, it's an interesting sort of thing that you can do with your playgroup. Absolutely. There's, there's, lot, there's lots of ways to pay this off here. Um, just looking at the top commanders, like other examples would be like, if you have things that tr- trigger off of Yarok, like you yeah. do things with Tokasia's Welcome, like there's, there's like it's, it's limitless. You're going to do so many broken things and so quickly that, yeah, like this is, this is just a great little card to go include in your deck and you're you're not going to go wrong. Like you're just not going to go wrong. Yeah. All right. I, yeah. <laughs> I, what, what, I, we, we can keep like gushing about the card, but I don't think it's going to change like the card. The card's good. If you're, if you're looking for that effect, you're like, there it is. I want that card whoop, in my deck. So sure. um, I may have to go order a copy because that's, Super super broken. So, anyway. All right. Let's move on to segment two. And this one's going to be a little bit more personal because um, it's talking about, for us, what makes magic magic great. Because here we are, we're at episode 150. is a chance for us to think about, really reflect on what sort of things we enjoy about. Why do we keep coming back to play this game? So much so that we want to record a podcast about it that got us 150 episodes deep. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to be honest with you, like we've done 150 episodes and I still want to talk about magic. I'm not done. Yeah, um, we haven't exhausted the topic yet. <laughs> no, no, exactly. So, not by any um, means. If I had 150 episodes about Monopoly, I'd be bored out of my skull right now. But <laughs> um, with magic, I'm not. I, the replayability is so great. I want to talk about more and more and more. So, we're going to take some time. We're going to think about what makes us keep coming back to magic, uh, what we enjoy, so that we can really uh, sort of hone in on what sort of things we really enjoy about the game uh, that keep us motivated for the next 150 episodes. So um, let's start with this, Pete. Sure. How about we start with this? Um, for you, what is something that you really enjoy when you sit down to play a game of magic? Oh. I mean, when I started playing, I didn't really understand how much depth there is to this game, right? People were like, here's how you play, right? You tap your lands, you play things, the lands cause a cost so you can play this effect. You go to combat, you can beat your opponent in the face, you have a second phase that you can do some other stuff, and then you pass your turn, etc., right? Very simplistic view of it. When I got into EDH, I was very overmatched, so I had to... uh, my competitive streak was getting in the way of me actually growing as a player. So I had to curb my enthusiasm for a second and my uh, passion and just be like, listen, like this is this game is, is very complicated and it's going to take me a bit to really figure out like what works for me. And for me, it's like I love coming from behind and just stealing a win from people. <laughs> I do it to Bruce. Sneaky <laughs> Pete. I... I don't know what it is. It's like funny when you come from behind where like you have the least amount of resources or you have or people have just been messing with you the whole the whole game. I'm talking EDH now. Just messing with you. And you find a way somehow to make your deck perform in a way that 
get you there. Or you just do something really weird that like isn't exactly the best move, but it's just funny and like it makes the table laugh. Like I had an alter ego copy a Psy Master Thopterist, but like I didn't have enough artifacts to sacrifice to even make that make sense. I just made it like as a copy because I thought it was funny. You know what I mean? So that was like something like recently, you know, or like I was playing my mono red deck and I was like, let's see how many times I can take the initiative in this game. I have an initiative counter here. Like I'm just going to write it down every time with tally marks and the whole game. Cause I was playing like, I was like, I can't win this game, but let's just see how many times I can do this stupid, this stupid thing. Um, I must have done it like 20 times. <laughs> I went through the dungeon twice. It was crazy, but anyway, you know, it's so it's like I guess Bruce, like we we've played at different levels. We played Vintage Cube together. We've played, uh, we drafted together. We've um, drafted separately. We've we've you've been playing longer than I have overall, but I think the thoughts remain the same as like we like we like when weird things happen in this game. <laughs> yeah, no, I would agree. I think so. For one of the things that I definitely gravitate towards is seeing weird and unusual cards get played and. Um, and like see something like explosive happen very quickly. And I'm like, whoa, that's cool. I remember early on, like when I got back into the game, because I played as a kid when I was a teenager. Um, so I remember my brother, my, my kid brother actually got me into it. So now he's a kid. He's not a kid anymore. He's a grown man. He's, he's, he's a doctor at a hospital. He's a smart guy. Um, but my brother, he was about 10 at the time. He, and he got into playing magic with his friends at school. And he said, hey, Bruce, you should play too. And I was like, well, yeah, I don't know. Okay. So he got me hooked onto it. And like, I swear, I sat there and he beat the snot out of me for months on end. And I was like, no, that's just cool. I like, I like this. And, um, yeah. and, he, and he just would just outvalue me. I, wouldn't, I didn't understand how he would do it. Um, like, I didn't understand. Like, he'd go turn one, dark ritual into hypnotic specter. And I'm like, uh okay, this is bad news for me. And then he'd strip my hand of cards. He'd mind twist me. I'm like, I got nothing left. I'm in top deck mode. Anyway, like, the, wow, George been... seemed like a bully back in the day. <laughs> At the time he was. <laughs> um, and his, and his piece de resistance was, his, was, was a Lord of the pit. But um, <laughs> as, we, as we, as we got older, like we sort of evened out a little bit. He was always better than me. But anyway, um, so I got back into the game after I was restored and I ended up going to a game shop one night, and I had a standard deck with me. And I'm like, I don't know what how like pl- how playing in events works. So I walk up to the counter. I'm like, I-, I look at the counter, and it looks like there's an event tonight. Can like can I play in it? And he's like, it's legacy. You have a legacy deck. I'm like, I don't know what that means. And he's like, oh, so it's like using all the oldest cards in the game except for like the most you know, broken stuff. And I'm like, yeah, power yeah, oh, nine or whatever it is. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I don't have that. I've got a I've got a deck of stuff out of current sets he's like well you're probably not gonna do very well i'm like i don't really care i just want to play he's like okay <laughs> like so he took my five bucks and i sat down to play and um i watched as the first guy um he cloud posted me into an ember cool and i was like cool that's so cool yeah <laughs> yeah i was like cool and the next guy sat down and he genesis waved for like about a million i'm like and you just pulled cool. everything out yeah yeah and i was like cool yeah. and then another guy like uh show and tell me and he sh- and, and like i had an avison in my hand show and tell avison he's like what How? what what oh, you have an avison in your deck i'm like yeah i have an avison like is that good he's like 
Um, I'm in trouble now. <laughs> I don't know how to yeah. beat that. Um, and then I played a guy who was like on like a, a death and taxes deck, yeah. and like I just like point fire, I point like burn things at his face, like burn, and I just like, and I was, I remember this at, towards the end of it, I couldn't figure out how to beat this guy. I was like, you have it, Umazawa's GTA. I don't, I don't know what that card does, and but it seems to be doing lots of things. Right. I need you dead. And I remember pointing like a thunder. There was like a miracle, a red miracle card that like dealt five damage to like someone. Bonfire the Damned. Yeah. No, it wasn't Bonfire the Damned. It was like thunderous okay. wrath or something. And I'm like, <laughs> I flipped it. I, I miracled it. And I'm like, to your face, dead. He's like, oh. So like, I, I did you tell me I won a match of Legacy? Cool. <laughs> like, I'm like, but I, I, I went to play Legacy more than a few times, and I just sat there and just got absolutely demolished. Right. Watching people do cool things. I'm like, cool, that's fun. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I'd love to see that stuff. Like, that's super cool. Um, it's one of the things that still brings me back to Magic. I don't mind taking a, taking the L. Um, I keep coming back to, to Magic that way. <laughs> I felt so bad when we played Vintage together this year, and I had that blue-white deck that just beat the crap out of you with the land. Oh, it's yeah. deck that I had. It was like, it was a blue-white, it was a blue-white flicker deck. Like, that's just yep. not money, you know? But... I mean, I think I think what keeps me back in the game is like the people I meet. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love playing. I don't mind losing or winning. I just I hate when I feel bad doing one or the other. You know what I mean? Like you should never feel bad winning or losing a game of Magic. You should feel bad when people are being rude or you're being rude to people um, and apologizing afterwards. Uh, when I first started playing in college, uh, my play group was rather I would say toxic in a sense of the arms race, but also. The attitudes of some of the players are very negative, um, because instead of instead of like using it as a de-stressor and just like ah that's hilarious thanks for doing this or whatever, it was enhancing the sort of like I think it was the age group as well, but it was the sort of like uh, enhancing the stress level when it shouldn't be that way ever. Right. Um, that the game is meant to be fun, and we were not making it fun for ourselves by complaining about game actions or. You know, getting butthurt or trying to tech in cards because certain players are playing certain decks. We wanted to mess with their deck build. So it was like one thing I learned early on was like, I don't care. <laughs> like I don't, I don't care about anything beyond just sitting down with a group that I really enjoy playing with and just seeing where this crazy game takes us. I've gotten crazy uh, things that have happened in games. I've had people play World Fire against me. I've, you know, seen mass land destruction happen before. But I just laugh about it because it's just funny. Like, the dude who did that to us couldn't even kill us because we all had a Ghostly Prism copies. Somebody gave us a copy of Ghostly Prism earlier in the game. So he didn't he didn't have enough mana to pay for the Ghostly Prism tax. But, like, the irony of it was, like, we were sitting there for, like, after two hours, and we, and, like, the only reason he was able to win because eventually he got the two mana to one-shot people. And it was funny. It was funny to me because we were laughing at him because we're like, you played this poopy card and you can't even beat us. So that sucks to be you. And and, and it was great because normally people get really butthurt about these situations. But the group I was with were just laughing at him. We are just like... And he was laughing too. He's like, wow, this is so dumb. I'm going to take this card out of the deck. Like, if I can't beat you like this, I don't deserve to win the game. Um, and like, just go joking around with people after a stressful day, a stressful week is always a good time to bring people together. Um, I think bringing this game together, bringing people together, especially through EDH, is something we kind of miss the mark sometimes as when we go to LGSs and we play with random people. We're all just like trying to de-stress from a, a day that we've had in some capacity. Some people don't understand that, but 
most people, you know, most people like uh, you and I and most people we play with, they, they've been playing long enough that they've realized like, we want to bring people back. <laughs> we want to make sure people are hooked. Um, well, it's more play fun with to play us. with different. It's more fun to play with different people. Like exactly. I mean, yeah. Like, look, don't get me wrong. There's something fun to be playing with the same group of people. Like, but when there's always the same four of you all the time, yeah, it it is less fun than if you're like, sure, if you had a group of eight or ten, you mix it up, and so you see different things, and like that's fun. Like, I don't want to play with the whole great mass of society because I don't think like playing with an absolute stranger. I don't think is optimal. I'm, Not like, really. I'm gonna be honest. I think yeah. playing with people that you get to f- be familiar with, like, sure, you got to meet new people. And I think being introduced to a group, like, if you, like, introduced to a new Discord group of people where you get to meet you know, a new four, five, six people, like, that's fun. That's cool. They get to see new decks. You get to see new decks. That's okay. But, like, I'm not sure, like, going to go to, a st- like, uh, a large event and playing the, 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 the whole, all of society is really right. magic at its best. Yeah, so like um, one of the YouTubers that I that I like, he's very funny. He like he like roast cards. Uh, Mauled Hound, you probably have seen yeah. him on YouTube, right? So I've shown you some of his videos actually. But he was reflecting on going to uh, Magic Con Las Vegas, and he was just like, he was like, here here's what I experienced. Um, I got COVID, but I'm okay now. But also, most people were like they weren't treating me any different than anybody else, even though I'm like more famous. I'm not like I'm not an average person right now going to this event but he's like i just wanted to be un i just wanted to be like unnoticeable i wanted to just go down and sit with a random a random group of people and just play the game that i love to play without people coming up to me and asking me questions or asking for autographs or whatever i think the humanizing factor of the game can bring people together in edh oh, yeah. um and and i think again just we've talked about this a few episodes before this one is like how do you approach a new table and like how do you approach the competitive side of this game probably will dictate how well you'll enjoy it coming back to it. Cause there is burnout like anything else. Lots of professional magic players, they do it as their job, but that's not their whole life. You know, like Nummy just had a kid. I'm so happy for him. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, just had a, a young boy, um, which is wonderful. And you know, the dude is very well balanced. You can tell when he plays the game, he never gets angry. Because he he knows the rest of himself, right? This is just something he loves to do, but it doesn't encompass his whole life. So I think balancing your life as well. I, I love when I, I get to sit down with somebody who I don't expect to play a deck because they don't like they, they look like a specific kind of player based on what they played previously. But then they bring out this like really janky deck, and I'm like, huh, did not expect you to do that, and it's like hilarious. Um, like one of our buddies we play with, he has a mono red group hug deck. It's it's hilarious. It, it is hilarious. Um, uh, can I can attest. I have seen it. It is very <laughs> very unexpected. I'm like, wait, wait, what? Yeah. Uh-huh. So so like it's interesting to see like people's thought process. I, I love seeing other people's like ideas because there's decks like popular commanders where you can build it a hundred different ways and it plays differently every time. You, even though the commander itself is hated by the majority of people or people don't appreciate or don't enjoy that commander, but they don't actually realize that like the deck that you build is not that crazy one. Um, and Bruce and I have had our fair share of making really strange plays. And people are like, why did you do that? I'm like, because that's what the game gave me at the time. Like, if you interviewed me after, hey, Peter, why did you do this? Uh, I don't know. Why did I make seven copies of Tyrannix Rex with uh, that six mana Simic card? 
I, I know. You know it what I mean? Like funny. It was it funny. Was funny. <laughs> <laughs> so like I think looking at it and like I don't need to do the thing every time, right? I don't need to make my deck run. But if I can like <laughs> like I was playing Rutstein once and I'm like, hmm, how many blood tokens can I make in a game and how many cards can I look at before I get killed? <laughs> so like I looked at like forty cards and then they just murked me or like how can i almost die to eldrick's pact you know because i have 50 cards in my graveyard right now um that was one thing i tried to do once where i was like huh this is in my opening hand it costs eight mana or seven mana let's see how many cards will get into my graveyard before i get to cast this thing and it was like 14 <laughs> so it's like i don't know <laughs> fire covenant for 39 and dying to Slimefoot is actually one of my favorite plays of all time so uh, yeah <laughs> Yeah, that was a good one. Um, <laughs> no, I have to say, like, it's it's like this, those strange, unusual plays, um, experience, seeing stuff that you wouldn't nor- ordinarily see. I think is super fun. I think is what what I think draws people to it. Yeah. I mean, sure. Like, look, there's always going to be a segment of the population that really enjoys playing the streamlined beatdown deck and just wanting to just get people dead. And great, like that. Those guys can like. There's a spot for you in the game too. But I think lots of us like to just see something goofy happen and like, I don't know. And I agree with you 100%. Like sometimes I cast stuff because I don't want my mana. Like I I only have so many turns in a game. Right. I drew this thing. I'm going to make the best of it somehow. So it may not be optimally suited for right now, mm-hmm. but I'm going to I'm gonna fire it off right now so that I don't end up getting it stuck in my hand because then I'm going to feel sad. So, like, sometimes you make weird plays, and you're like, well, that's what I drew, so we're going to make it good. Here we go. Well, I think that's absolutely, like, part of the joy of, like, just the like the variance that's associated with playing Commander in particular, but Magic generally. You're like, oh, I uh, I drew this 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 thing, and I'm going to do it. So, um, for me, one of the things I always enjoy is some of the weird, like, some of the neat um, themes and mechanics that they've printed, because... Yeah. Wizards always done a really good job of trying to like make mechanics interesting and and viable, and so you know so you know I'll find a lot of my decks tend to uh, try to center around one of those mechanics that I want to utilize uh, and take great advantage. And like a great example I have is I have a, a Jeskai Shuyun deck, and it it looks like it should be just a combaty trick like evasion punch you in the face with double striker voltron. get you dead. yeah voltron yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um and um but in it there's a pretty healthy energy package so i remember sitting down at a table and this i'm like hi this is my shu yin deck he kind of wants to do some like combaty things and and slip by so the guy goes i'm playing mono black energy and i looked at him for a second mono black energy thinking to myself my deck does energy how does your deck do energy i want to see this so he's sitting there and like he's sacrificing things to making energy. And like he's got three or four energy counters before, you know, let's call it turn eight or something like that. He's got three or four energy counters, like, yeah, I can I got four energy, I'm doing pretty well. I'm like, okay, whale. I don't know which whale it was, one of the two big whales that make a pile. Whale of alert. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, Oh. Uh, oh. And then I did the, like, the other whale. And I'm like bouncing whales back and forth. And I had more energy than I could do use with. It. And like one of the other guys turned to me and goes like you wanted an energy deck. That's how you do it, son. Don't do it your way. Oh, <laughs> like, no. <laughs> like, okay. Oh, no. Uh, 
But like, I mean, I have to say, like, I'm actually hoping at some point energy returns because I kind of want some more payoffs for it. Because yeah. like right now, like the energy payoffs are kind of limiting. Like there yeah. isn't a way to sink a big old pile of energy into. Um, there's one red spell that will. Let's say yep. kind of like. I used to run that as a deck, a Tamir Energy uh, Modern deck. Yeah. It was horrible, but it was like interesting to try yeah. to. So in in Jeskai in Jeskai there really is only the one payoff. So anyway, that said, I was hoping one day the mechanic comes back. I know people said it was a little parasitic and it wasn't really cool, but I'd like to see it come back as something that we I could do. But like plus one plus one counters. I have a cycling deck. I've got. I love to lean into sacrificing, and I can't tell you how like how excited I am for like things like like bargain as a mechanic. I'm like I am in. Like right there, that is all I want to do with myself is sacrifice stuff for giggles. Uh, so, like those are those are the things I want to do. Like that's why like the new food deck from like with Frodo and Sam, like is totally my wheelhouse. Because I'm like, you're telling me I could sack giggle stuff for for fun? I'm in. Like it doesn't matter. I'm in. Right. This is just go. So yeah, like I like those sorts of mechanics. Um, like they always get me interested in. In coming back to the game and trying something new or different and fun, um, and uh, I'm looking, and I'm always looking forward to, um, to you know what else comes out. So I, when we go back to Ixalan in November or December, like I'm excited to see what comes back. Like, what are there, are there going to be things that we can use? Are going to be treasure again? I've you know I've seen the new Galta that looks kind of nutty, um, and, and so I'm just excited to see what new mechanic or what mechanics return and plays well with what I maybe already have or is going to spark me wanting to do something different over here. So anyway, I like the mechanics. It's going to always get me excited. I like uh, some of the global effects too, like Monarchy, um, because it incentivizes players to attack. It also is just nice because it, it's like a blanket group hug effect that allows people to not get punished for trying to speed the game up a little bit with combat. Um, I also, I forget what mechanics, because there definitely are a few that I have like in my memory bank that I want to see come back. I just cannot think for the life of me right now what those would be right now. Um, I guess I always like to have a deck of each sort of archetype, so it's nice to have variety and diversity um, in that sense. And I mean, the, the one thing I would like to have come back is more effort in the lore, because... One of the reasons I loved the game when I first started getting into it was the detail they had in the lore was just something I had never seen before. Like, I, I knew I had Pokemon cards, and Pokemon has its own sort of lore and anime and everything, but it's 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 not to that level of depth. Like, the magic card, you would play a magic card, you could read the flavor text, and the flavor text actually had something to do with the story, the bigger, massive story of the plane. So for me, it was like, wow, this is really, really cool. And then just how many cards exist out there? Like when we do Garbage or Great, it's always fun to just sift through Scryfall for like an hour or two and just find some freaking crazy weird cards that actually are really good for our particular strategies we're trying to uh, make. So I guess I'm, I'm like a treasure hunter, right? I'm trying to find all of the gold pieces. Uh, you know, when I'm when I'm building decks as well, I've started to cut more like traditional cards for 
weird cards that have downside or like playing with fire. I like to go, you know, 110% and see if that gets me dead or not. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. Bruce has seen me do that a lot where I've literally like spun my wheels and like just blown myself out. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's like, um, uh, you know, the whole sense of well, it. <laughs> I think, your, th- I think your, your point on the lore is, um, is very well taken. Um, I think one of the things that I appreciated about the old three set blocks that as much as they was, a, there was, it felt a little bit old at times. Like when you had a whole year of return to Ravnica block or Theros block or Kanzachik here block, sometimes it felt slow and long. But, um, when we have that three block set, you could really, you have time to explore more thoroughly the lore of the plane. Right. So like, I really felt like I got to understand how Tarkir differs from Theros and how Theros is different from other planes. Where when we started speeding up the cadence and now we're legitimately in like one set in and out, it makes it really hard to explore the lore. And I think you're right. I think there's lots of potential to really go into how all these characters interact with each other, why certain characters are, are the way they are, why their abilities right. are the way they are on the card. And like, there's reasons for why Aurelia is a red white card. Other right. than just saying, she's in charge of Boros. Like, no, no, no. Like, there's, there's a whole to background to it. Yeah. So yeah. like, we're not really giving artists and people who do card design justice when it comes to the amount of effort it takes to, make this stuff a reality right and i think the lore was also like um like an incentive to allow the game to feel more like like a like a deeper sort of meaning right like a lot of these planes had deeper sort of like problems that they would explore you know what i mean like injustices and like they would explore like they would go into detail about like the politics of a plane you know and they would go into like how different tribes interacted with each other on specific areas. And then that explained why the shards and the color pie and everything came to be. And like all these things that makes the cards seem super, even more interesting when you play them, you're like, wow, like Aurelia is this color combination because of this detail. Yeah. Um, no. Or like even when they went to a uh, lore and then they did like the, like Sig was like blue and white, and then they changed him to blue and black because he got infected by like a like a disease or something. Like the whole swamp got like infected or something. I believe it was called the Great Aurora. The Great Aurora yes. passed over the plane and like changed and the whole plane, right? Well, it transformed it from like the day version, which was like fun and mm-hmm. lighthearted and friendly, into right. a much darker version, which is where we got a lot of these like the blue black merfolk and blue black fairies yep. and. So yeah, like I thought, like, so, like I thought that that's, that's a whole flavor win to cool. me, right? Yeah, exactly, that's a whole flavor yeah. win. I'm excited for Ixalan because of the double cards that they had. Remember back in uh, Journey to Ixalan, they had car- they had the it was like that wasn't it one of the first times they had permanents that were modal that would flip after a condition was met. Mm-hmm. Um, so like they're going to return to that. You know what I mean? Well, like I, mean, sir- I would re- I would say our- Innistrad was the first one, but like it's like the first time we had seen it on like enchantments flip into lands. And other stuff like that, like it was because up under that, it mostly it had mostly been creatures. We had seen creatures yeah, yeah. transform, but not other stuff. Yeah, so they like expanded. They expanded the idea of like permanent types and what what could happen, which I like a lot. You know, um, yep. so 
I'm I'm like I'm I'm excited. I've been trying to keep balance when it comes to the game. I don't want to burn myself out, right? Because there's so many sets out there. Um, but yeah. but I really do enjoy what people are doing with some of these cards. Like the the uniqueness I've seen with deck building, um, is really really great. So I, I think people will find a way to make something different and make something exciting and new even if the cards are super old and that's what we try to do here as well <laughs> we try yeah. to um you know put our two cents in about perspective and what the game is all about and overall for us it's the human interaction it's the trading with your friends it's trading with people at the lgs because you want a specific oh, card i miss trading Everybody does, I think, right? <laughs> well, no, I think it was lots of people who didn't like it. I mean, lots of people found it really, really difficult to, um, because everyone wants to extract maximum value out of their trade finder. Right. And I'm like, the way I look at it is this. Like, and then why, I, I mean, I was very, I was very heavily involved in Puka Trade. I was very heavily involved in Card Sphere. And both of those served me really well to help me build my collection and, on a budget and and enjoy the game and continue to enjoy the game, right. um, and uh, so I'm a big proponent of trading and I would I, I happily trade. Just if people you know are out there that I interact with on discords, if you'd like to make a trade, I'm probably a guy who's very amenable to the idea, um, because I look at a card and I'll give you a great example. I opened a anime mystic uh, uh, rustic study. The anime non-foil from Woe. Uh, and I get this $75 card, and it's a commander staple, and I should be like, dude, I want to keep this card and play it. And I'm like, but right. you know what? Like, They're going to reprint it. I'm, it's going to be printed again, because it's such a staple, such an iconic card. They're going to stick it in another set to sell packs. I'm not worried about it. I own a copy already. I can trade this one, and I can go pick up a bunch of other cards that I want for other things yes. that are maybe harder to, for me to, 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 to run down. Right. So I went and got a bunch of cards for the cube I'm building. I'm like, but I had to be prepared to like give up something valuable to get something I wanted. And I'm like that mindset I'm pretty okay with. And at the end of the day, whether I'm up or down a dollar, two or five, that's not really why I'm, I'm doing this. Like I know at some level, like we should be trying to maximize every dollar, but like that, Max Min sort of mindset will drive you crazy. I agree. So, like, I like, I'm far more somebody like, are we close? That's cool. Like, let's just sure. do it. Like, I like. Guy, oh, yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say when it comes to trading, I like trading even if the value isn't the same, but the cards will be played and they're guaranteed that someone wants them because they want to put them in a deck. So, like, I my friend had a goim, um, and I was at his house, and I'm like, can I trade you the goim? For a bunch of these cards that you wanted, like like he, I was like, look through all my extras, whatever you want, make a stack, and we'll just see what the value is and whatever. So I traded him like twenty cards for like two, but I was happy for that because first his collection isn't as big as mine, and second he's gonna play the cards and enjoy them, and I think that's the whole yeah. point. We oh, shouldn't be covet, we should be like coveting these in like a like a binder somewhere where they didn't never get played. That's that's the thing for me is like I hate when my cards sit in a binder and they're not actually being played for one reason or another. And why do I own these cards? But that's just my mindset of how I look at the game, right? I want to play the cards. <laughs> no wonder you got frustrated me. you like flip, you were here in the summer flipping through my box. You're like, you have sh you have fetch lands in boxes. I'm like, oh 
Yeah, I do. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like blowing a gasket because I was like, what the heck? Like this dude has like a twenty cent card next to like a thirty dollar card, and I'm like, why? Why are you making me hurt? Like inside? Like, what, what is going on? But, but the thing with us was like when we got to trade, it was really, really awesome because it was like you had cards. You were like, yo, can I take this card? I'm like, hell yeah! Like I'll take this card. Like, and we can make our decks like more synergistic and stuff. So that was a wonderful thing that we got to do together that I think was more I, meaningful I, than anything we did besides record together in person. <laughs> I, I don't know. I like, I liked actually visiting, visiting with, with somebody that I have met online yeah. that I, but that, you know, had, had very little opportunity to meet in person. I thought it was super cool. You came to visit me for, for a week and I was like, cool, that's fun. Like yeah. that's like, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, that was a real treat. I'm like, wow. Like that's, <laughs> uh, it was a little unexpected, but like it, like a good surprise. I was like, wow, like yeah. that was that yeah. was great. And then the fact that we got to play as much magic as we did, we got to go to go play Vintage Cube. We got to go play at a store. We got to play some, play some arena. Like we played like we all... did everything that we could do yeah, possibly, we, yeah. which was great. We traded, we laughed, we built decks together. It was great. Yeah. I think that's and... what the game is all about. At the end of the yeah. day, that's what we love. We love to have that social interaction with people about how crazy this deck is they're like this deck is so dumb but it it's funny to see it go off um absolutely so yeah again audience um my only thing is like just you know be grateful for what you have right like sheldon is a good example of someone who maximized every day um that he had with this game and with this community so even if you're having a rough time with your playgroup or you're having a rough time with your lgs just remember, like, it's a devil that you know, and you never know what's going to happen in your life. Um, I'm very grateful now even to have a minute to talk with Bruce because we're so busy now. Even playing Magic yeah. is difficult. It's incredibly yeah, difficult I mean, right now. Like, like so. being, being an adult is hard. So when you, I find time, <laughs> so when you do find, find you know, you have a, a, an evening where you can sit down and you can, you can jam cards. Like, it's, it's, it's fun. It's refreshing. It's like, yeah, like, I'm... This is this is fun, and uh, yeah, like I'm the same way. I am grateful for the opportunities I get to play. Um, I know that if those opportunities were taken away from me, I'd be sad. Um, yeah. As as infrequent as they may be, I I look forward to those. I mean, I used to play once a month. I, we we meet at my friend's house. We people would would pile in, and it was like we. But that's all we could play once a month, and that's what we right. did. And right. you know, now with the advent of spell table, I'm a li- can play a little bit more frequently. But I'm still a father of four kids. Yeah. <laughs> I have a, I have a I have a career. I have you know, I I've got a, a home I've got to, you know, maintain and things like responsibilities I've got to meet. And so it's not as simple as just saying, well I want to go play cards. Like I have to those opportunities come a couple times a month and I cherish them and am grateful for when they happen and um so yeah, like I think you're right. Like that's one of probably what brings me back the most is the opportunity to enjoy and play and and talk and laugh and have a good time with people um and more so than i think is i think what we're both coming to is the we appreciate the gathering component of magic the gathering yes and the and the the magic is the gathering like we can yeah like like passing on knowledge teaching young players how to play the game like i remember we had a few young kids who came in trying to learn uh to draft right yeah or 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 the young lad sat down to play at the store in ottawa and he's like he looks at the deck. He's like, "Oh, I know what I'm playing next game." He's gonna play Slicer, and you and I looked at each other. We're like, "Okay, well, there's some things this young man needs to learn." 
Because I don't think he's beating Paco and Halden with a slicer deck. I mean, maybe he does, but I think he's probably going to get pants pretty good. And anyway, like teaching <laughs> teaching kids that sort of stuff. teaching my own children how to play like that. Yeah, you know, that's got to be one of the most rewarding things, you know. Just yes, with, it really with, is. like unless they're trying to take all your sixty dollars cards. <laughs> well, they, but, they haven't you know. they haven't got to that point yet. They haven't gone and started going. Hey, daddy, can I have that fetch land yet? Like that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> that's um, good. But that's 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 a relief. But I'm like, no, 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 no. Um, earn it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, but yeah, no. I am I am thankful that my two boys are interested and they're engaged. They want to play. They they they're 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 forever building decks and and doing stuff. And the, like they've got their their piles of cards and they want to. They come over to me like, Daddy, can we trade just trade you? Like and they give me a pile of junk and I'm like, ah, okay, let's find some things for you to go build with and like. Oh, come five or six new cards that they haven't played before. Like, oh, that's cool. I want that. I'm like, that's why I play the game because that reaction. Like, yeah, it's cool. Like, all right, you guys go. You you have that card. It's maybe it's a two dollar card. You go. You have fun. You play. Daddy doesn't need it. Daddy can find other things to play. Right. If Daddy really wants it. Daddy can get another copy. Um, but it, you guys go and play. Like my son was so happy. Like. I, we, he traded me for an, a Gideon ally of Zendikar. And he's like, Daddy, that's a $5 card. I'm like, yep, it is. Have fun. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah. and he's like, that's cool. I'm like, And like that, that re- genuine reaction from him is so rewarding. He's like, sure. so anyway, mm-hmm. I want to play. I yep. enjoy it. Overall, I'd say... Uh... Audience, you're gonna see some more from us. We're gonna we're gonna be exploring some more things, especially with the new sets coming out. We're trying to do some topics. Uh, we're still trying to brainstorm right now because I don't want to do anything twice. If we can find a way, we can revisit things. But I'd like to maybe we'll go into more minutia, more uh, more specific, more game interaction sort of things. Again, there's a lot that we're gonna try to explore. I think um, this coming few months and. So stay tuned. This is always a great time for me to take an hour or two and brainstorm with Bruce about what we want to share with our with our members. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's so, it's just um, wonderful. <laughs> absolutely, it's it's part of what to me now has really um, been part of the game that I've enjoyed is is now talking about it with somebody and recording it and letting other people hear my thoughts and and your thoughts and hopefully we're making somebody out there a, a better player too because they're bringing taking that information on board and saying yeah like that's what like that's what i want to play or that's what i want to do or that's how i want to behave when i go to the store and i think that's that to me is what you know what i enjoy doing i mean like i am a teacher by trade and like i like to teach and and help people get better and that's kind of what i'm hoping we're doing here all right pete should we let people go and enjoy the rest of their their day? Um, yeah, I guess uh, it's time to say goodbye for it's now. Too, it's too soon, <laughs> too soon. But anyway, we will we'll bring it to a close there. Thanks so much, everybody. Thanks for uh, for listening with us for 150 episodes. Uh, we really appreciated the audience out there. And uh, wherever you next play Magic, have fun, be good. Uh, remember, it is a game, and cherish the opportunity to play with your friends. And most importantly, have fun. Take care, trade often, and uh, even if you're not on the play, you can still play. So, take care. Thanks, everybody.